Welcome to the Life on Shuffle podcast, a collection of stories about people who have taken chances, embraced the unexpected, and inadvertently discovered their true passion. Today, we are featuring Brittany Coffey, a teacher from Caldwell County, North Carolina. I'm the host, Austin, and we are also joined by Reagan, Anna Lee, Axel, and Cooper. Miss Coffey was a bookkeeper, and now she is a teacher. She is married, and she has two children. She teaches seventh grade math at Gamel Middle School. Ms. Coffey has a Bachelor's of Science in Human Services from Gardner-Webb University. Welcome to the show, Ms. Coffey. Thank you. For the first question, we want to ask you, when you were 16 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? When I was 16, well, that was forever ago because I'm old as dirt now. But when I was 16, I actually, um, in, co- in high school, we got to tour the Caldwell County uh, campus at CCNTI. And so I had got really interested in radiology. And I just knew. And the only reason, I didn't know nothing about it, but they showed us these cool pictures of the bones. And, like, they just really hyped it up. And I was like, man, this is amazing. So that I knew then I was going to do radiology. I said, that's just where I'm supposed to be. So that's what I was going to do. Uh, where did you grow up? Where did I grow up? I grew up here in Caldwell County. I was born and raised in Caldwell County. Um, both of my parents are from here. And so I I have never had a desire like many of you. I didn't want to go off to college anywhere different because I'm a homebody. My family is very important to me. So I'm the mama hen of everybody. My older sister went off to college. My younger sister went off to college. And I first started out at Caldwell Community College because I said, well, I'll just do that for a little bit. So... Do you believe that the area that you grew up around affected your first choice of career? Yes and no. Um, I think how your your environment that you grow in grow up in can affect how you where you want to go and what you want to do. Um, I do believe that if your home life is not very good, you're you you're not going to push for college and stuff. Um, you got to understand. My older sister was the first one in my family to graduate college, and so. I wanted to push that limit too. I was going to graduate college. And so I started out at Caldwell Community College, like I said, in radiology. I decided I'm going to do radiology. I went all the way through until I got to clinicals, and then I was at Watauga Hospital. And they said, We have somebody down that's had a skiing accident. Now, y'all are going to laugh, but this is a true story. We're in a skiing accident. I walked in, come through the doors, and this god-awful smell hit me three doors down. And I said, oh, my God, what is that smell? They said, you got to go in that room. I said, no, I am not. I am not going in there. Now, I was 18, 19 years old. I said, I am not walking in there. That is awful. They said, you have to. I said, no, you're going to clean up a mess between me and him both. He did not have a skiing accident. He was riding on a sled down a hill and fell. So he was not skiing. But then, I just knew then, I was like, yep, that's not my passion. So then I switched and went, I'm going to be an accountant. That's what I'm going to do. Totally different spectrums, okay? And my aunt was an accountant, and I worked for her accounting firm when I was in high school all the way through. Always loved math, and I said, that's what I'm going to do. So it took several different paths to decide where I am. And clearly, I'm not an accountant. Clearly, I'm not in radiology. Now I'm teaching math in seventh grade. So it just comes full circle. But it did. I do think my environment and where I was around and who I was influenced by did influence where I needed to go. Who did influence you? If we talk about for me to be a teacher, 
it is crazy. I was always that young little girl, and I don't know, a, a lot of people, you'll hear the story. I played school all the time. I was the bossy teacher. I told you exactly what you had to do when you were going to do it, and I did. I, <laughs> I was the one. I did not like being the student. I always wanted to be the teacher. I had a seventh grade math teacher at Gamble Middle School that I loved her, and she poured her heart and soul into her students left and right, and her name was Laura Austin, and she was fantastic, and she just sparked a love and an interest to just do something different. All of my high school teachers, they were very invested in you at West Caldwell. That was like, you always can do something. You can achieve to do something better. And then my college professors at Gardner-Webb just poured everything into you. And just having that education background and people that pour everything into you really influenced. So it wasn't just one person. It was a lot of things they influenced. So, Was your family supportive about your career choices or your changes? Yes. Um, and my mom, she always supported us and everything. But my mom didn't go to college and my dad didn't go to college. And so she always strived for us to do her biggest output was I want you to do better than what I did. And so I went to college, and when I graduated, I graduated when I was married with two kids. So my path took a whole different turn. When I went to the community college, I met my husband, who is active duty military. And so we got married, and then we had our daughter. So my path went from do I raise my family and put my career on hold, or do I go for my career and let somebody else raise my children and so I for the longest time for their first years of life I stayed home with them so my career path went on the back burner and then when COVID hit us it was just the perfect time that I finished everything I need to so I have been supported all the way through and I think that's a big thing if you don't have support at home or you don't have support of peers and friends you're not going to push through you're not that's where most of your dropouts happen so so initially, what type of mindset did you go to, into college with? Did you want to, like, get through it, or do you want to spend time there and, like, enjoy it, like the college experience? Well, if you talk to 18-year-old Brittany, it was, okay, everybody's going to college. Mom told me I had to go to college, or I'm going to have to get a job. So I was going to college, and I was working. So it was just to kind of get through it. As I got older, and when I graduated with my bachelor's degree and where I've done my accounting and stuff, when you have to pay for it yourself, you kind of get a little bit more serious about things. And I mean, anybody that has to pay for it out of their pocket. But you understand the importance of what you're learning. And you enjoy what you're learning. But I enjoyed every bit of learning different things. How do you think your life or career would be different if you went to different schools? Like if you hadn't gone to Gardner-Webb or CCNTI? I don't know. I think about if I would have decided earlier in life that I wanted to go somewhere different in a four-year college um, I'm not sure that I would still be in that same career path I do believe that things change in life you hear many times that even teaching career you have teachers that have been in a teaching career for 13 years and they decide this is not where I want to be and that's perfectly fine somebody that tells you that you have to stay there all the time that's wrong you get into something and when you initially get to college just like I did you think oh this is the path I want to go down well no you don't have to be in that path all the time things can change something can spark your interest a whole lot different and that's okay you know so 
I do think that it would be different, but I don't know if it would be circled back. I think I would end up here as a teacher because I just believe in divine that comes across. I believe that the Lord puts stuff in your path, that that's where you're going to be. I mean, I just do. Were there any pivotal points in your uh, college experience that influenced your future? Well, when I chose my human services degree, my whole part of the reason why I've done that is, like I said before, my husband is um, active duty military. And so my whole career path, the reason why I went back is I was going to be a counselor and I wanted to be a, a therapist for our veterans and that suffered from PTSD. My entire college through Gardner-Webb, all my papers were done on PTSD and the effects with their families because I live it every day. I live it every day with them and, and our friends and our families and I see it. So that was the path. But then I had teachers and friends that, you know, I can do that, but I also can influence and teach kids too. So I, I don't know if just a certain point made me understand that, but I had a lot of fun classes in college, so. Besides the ability to do math, were there any life skills during college that helped you with your job or career? Being organized. That's my biggest thing I'm going to tell you in college. Um, they don't care if you show up to class. They get paid whether you like it or not. So if you don't show up, it, it doesn't matter. Um, being organized and keeping keeping things neat and in line I think that's the biggest skill that helped me through and learning different ways to study because they'll pack it on you and you have to know what you're doing. Okay. In your opinion, which is better, full-time college or online college? I went online. So it, it just depends on if you prefer to work online. Um, online for me, I could work at my own pace. I could work ahead of time. Um, they give you your syllabus, any college classes, and I know that might be the same thing for here. You get your syllabus for the entire year. Well, most of your college classes will be like, okay, your online classes, just as long as you meet this by the deadline, you're good. So you could have your class done in three months if you busted your hind end to do it. So online classes worked better for me as a full-time mom, being able to stay at home with my kids. Um, now, I learned a lot from sitting and listening to listen to a professor and getting your input from your peers so that's a catch-22 you can work at your own pace but you do get different opinions and you can see it different in different perspectives so it's just how you what you learn best by if you like to be by yourself do online if you're there's always new means and technology has helped us that everybody can achieve something through something so um, do you feel that like the life skills that you learned while in college still benefit you today? Like, do you use them in your day-to-day -day life? Yes. my um, <laughs> I like to analyze some of my students when I uh, live about my psychology courses and my human resource courses and like learning about the developmental of children's brains and stuff like that really helps with middle school kids. So you kind of see it come full circle. Everything that you've learned I know we sit and we think, and my kids in my class, when are we ever going to use this? Oh, you use it every day. And you learn, and you're like, oh, yeah, I remember doing that. I remember doing this. This this makes sense of what they were telling me. So it does. It comes back around. And I do use some of the things and some of the skills that I learned of how you can help and talk people down when they're having a crisis or how you understand what they're going through. It helps. Yeah, I think back to... When I started 
when I realized I wanted to be a teacher and then I started taking classes, the first class I had to take was educational psychology. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I don't need any of this and I'm just going to sit through this and I'm going to get to do something else. And consistently I'm like, I probably should just go back and retake that because (laughs) it was probably like the most meaningful class for, you know, teacher candidates or people that want to learn to do that. So, um, what makes you like enjoy your job the most? Like what makes you really wake up every day and like look forward to like doing what you do? Well, a paycheck, one, that we get paid. Like if people tell you no, I don't teachers don't get paid that much, so don't 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 misconstrue that. But um no, the kids. I mean kids really um you know you learn so much about these kids and you're with them more than what their parents are most of the time through the school year so you learn their quirks and everything and I tell people all the time I have certain ones that come to my mind I mean I can think of them right now that I'm going to worry about all next week because I don't see them but they bring joy when they tell me a new story or I get to learn a new TikTok dance that we don't do but I mean you learn so much so the kids bring the joy and my co-workers you become a family with the people that you work with they check on you they know you personally and that that makes it enjoyable if you don't enjoy who you work with then you're not going to enjoy your job it's going to be miserable every day so you have to find joy now am I going to tell you that you're going to like it every day no but once you start to hate what you're doing you need to you need to search within and see if that's this is truly where you need to be yeah so my mom's a school teacher and uh i know like she loves what she does some days she'll get stressed and stuff but she always like she cares about the kids a lot Mm -hmm. at the school and that's what she cares about the most and uh, i know that she's like truly happy in her job and then on the other hand like there's people that you notice may be unhappy with their job and that can be a big influence on other people because like if you're unhappy in a job it may make that it really will influence that person like you said your teachers were always like happy and they really like Uh cared about you throughout like high school and college and stuff um which really like probably affected your life in a bigger way than they probably know or think that it affected your life so I think it's just important that we do find something that we love uh, in our career. Um, well, you set the tone. You set the tone for even your group of friends, Not even if we're not even talking about a career path of what you're doing in life. I mean, even with your small group of friends, you set a tone. I set the tone for my two children in the morning of how I act and how I interact with them is going to be how they do. It's a ripple effect of everything that affects you. So that goes back to in your career of what you're doing and when you decide what you want to do for college. And it's okay for you to choose different <clears throat> paths. It's okay for you to change your mind. But you need to find joy. You need to enjoy it. Life is hard enough as it is and you should not hate your job. Yeah. Um, life is too long to spend or too short to spend uh, working a job that you yeah. have. Um, so what is your definition of success in your career and do you think that you've like reached that point or are you still trying to get there no i am not i have not reached success i do not believe that i believe that you always can learn something and i need you need to this is how i'm going to put it you need to always be willing to learn something i'm not the best teacher out there i'm not the best rookie teacher out there 
um, I did get voted Rookie Teacher of the Year at Gamewell, Gamewell Middle, and I was not expecting that this year. And everybody's like, oh, you're crazy, but I'm not. And I got asked the same question during my interview. Why do you think that you're better than anybody in this county? I'm not. I'm not. We always can learn. I have just been fortunate enough to have amazing peers and amazing coworkers that step in and give me some of the best advice. Um, you have to be willing to do that. I think the successful part is when I reach retirement age, then I feel like that I have succeeded in my life. When my children grow up and they go to college and they have a career, then I've succeeded as a parent and as a mother. So there's different points in your life that you can feel successful. Winning a game, okay, well, I've scored this goal or I've lost this amount of weight, that's success. I think you have to set that goal for yourself. But say, I haven't reached that goal yet. I've not, I've not been there long enough to reach that goal, so. Yeah, I think it's important to set goals mm-hmm. for our lives and especially in something like our career. Um, along those goals, have you had like any setbacks while trying to reach them and have they like impacted you in any way? Setbacks in my goals? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, I think one of my biggest setbacks, and it's not really a setback, but it was just a pause, is when I did have my kids because you know, I would have been halfway through my teaching career if I would have went, um, but I didn't. That has been a setback for me that now when most new teachers start out, they're 22. Okay, I'm not. <laughs> I'm 35 years old. And so I'm older starting in this career path, but it's okay. That, I mean, it kind of, you're sitting there looking and you're like, oh my God, half of my peers are going to be done with Uh, teaching when I'm done and I'm going to be like 50 some years old still teaching but that's okay it's it's different we all go at different paths yeah so what is like the biggest lesson you think you've learned in your career so far in teaching yeah my biggest lesson in teaching well let's see uh not to have so much idle time in a classroom (laughs) and any teacher can tell you that because idle time can be the death of you with kids. But um, I think that just planning ahead and making sure that we're planned out and planning for the rainy days that when you think that you're not going to be out, oh, you'll end up being out and you need to just be planned ahead for it. So you coach uh, soccer at Gamble Middle School for the girls team with Miss Agnew, right? Yes, I do. How do you feel like your career skills, your teaching skills have affected your coaching skills? Well, I love soccer. That is um, my sport. I've played since I was four. So um, when I got the opportunity to help, I loved it. Um, so I, I teach my classroom like I teach my kids on the field. I teach them like I would teach my own kids. And I tell them in my classroom, I mean, um, I'm going to treat you like I treat my own kids. So my skills in the classroom of just being an active listener and understanding um, all these different emotions come into play and I can't be like, hey, I just need you to suck it up. Like, you know, you'll be okay. You got to listen. So, and that's another thing when it comes in, when we talk about our psychology from college, you have to understand where they're coming from. A big deal to me is going to be detrimental to the kids and that's fine. So just being an active listener and understanding where they're coming from and just meeting them where they're at has been the biggest thing of learning. During, like, soccer or whatever, have you ever had, like, a moment where you're like, this is worth my time, this is worth it to me to see this kid be able to do this skill now or have this confidence? 
that I've helped them gain. Yes, we um, our game yesterday was the first time our our backup goalie got to play, and watching her in that goal, it was like a proud mama moment. It's like watching your kid ride the bike for the first time without their training wheels. And, like, I am the loudest one out there on the field. I am the loudest one in the seventh grade building. I'm just loud normally. So I'm out there screaming and telling her she did a good job. And she did fantastic. So, and watching her being from ear to ear when she come off of the field, that just makes you proud. It just was like, okay, she, you just need a little bit of confidence. And we gave that to you. And watching you do that. And so telling her that's where you need to be, that makes you feel like you have succeeded somewhere. Just putting a little light lighting that light for her is just what you need so um you teach seventh grade math in a middle school is there anything that made you specifically choose to teach middle schoolers or would you teach any other age range uh, um the reason why i chose middle school math is because my um principal called me and told me that she had an opening for middle school math <laughs> and said hey i need you to come teach i was like what she was like, yeah, you can do math. It's fine. You've done accounting and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. But no, um, I don't want to teach elementary kids. I just says it's not, it's not my thing. I'm not going to do that. Not that I don't love elementary kids. Don't get me wrong. I teach preschool at my church. Um, I have the preschool class. And they love you and they want to hang on top of you and all that stuff. Middle schoolers do too. Don't let that face you. They like to hug on you all the time. But no, I, you know, high school kids are fine too, you know. They don't bother me. Thank you. We appreciate that. I know. Y'all are pretty cool. Y'all have your own thing and your own life. And so you it's a different dynamic than it is for middle school kids. So it don't matter. And I help out with the youth at church, so it doesn't matter. So following up with that question, do you feel that middle schoolers require more emotional attention than maybe other age ranges? And if so, like how specifically? Um... Middle schoolers are more emotional than other age rangers. The reason being is you're hitting puberty and adolescence and you've got all these big emotions in this little body. And that you express it through yelling, screaming, or crying every day, or you're happy every day. And so, yes, they are more emotional and you do have to, you know, I don't want to say coddle because you have to coddle elementary skids. You, there's your boo boo. You're okay, but it's it's funky with middle school kids. They want to be treated like an adult, but they're still immature. Where you can't, you have to give them a little bit of leeway, but you have to try to push them on that path. So you are trying to set them up. Our job in middle school, and a lot of people can disagree with me, but it's I think that's the hardest ages to teach because you are trying to push them into independence. So you're trying to pull the reins back a little bit, but not too much because they get crazy. And we, we're, they're crazy this week. So trying to rein back, but you know you want them to succeed but you they still have to know that you're there to support and that goes back to me saying you know this one this one's not my friend today or my boyfriend broke up with me all my world's dying and I want to be like honey you're probably not even gonna see him after school it's okay but I can't say that because this is a big emotion for a little bitty person and so it is hard to understand that y'all think about when you were middle schoolers what was the most detrimental thing when you were middle schoolers so it hasn't it doesn't change like it don't change but as you get older and you get in high school and you're getting ready to go to college it's like oh my god why did I even care about that 
you know and then as you become an adult you're like that didn't matter at all but it is it is hard it is hard at that age you just said something and it, it made me think you're talking about the middle schoolers like it doesn't matter you know the thing that is their crisis in your classroom now you're like, it really doesn't matter um if you had to look back in your uh young adult life you know so probably high school on and you thought you had a couple of different things like what if you had to look back now what is something that you could identify like that's the thing that mattered and then when did you kind of realize that the thing that when I was in high school that mattered and it you don't understand until you become an adult and y'all are gonna think I'm crazy but your classes and what your teachers are telling you and them telling you about you know in life you know we all come from different backgrounds not everybody comes from this loving home that you see a lot of your peers don't don't come home from you know a two-parent home you know while I did have two parents at home it it wasn't it wasn't the easiest life to live and so having that understanding that we're all different and understanding that when I was in high school that hey it's okay I don't have I can break the generational curses that were my family and having teachers tell you that that that's okay and I think that's the moment that you think okay well this is different this is okay I can be different than how I grew up or how I was raised and I think that's different for kids um I think too, when you learn that your education does mean something uh, it don't mean that you have to go to a four-year college you could get a trade that's fine too and having somebody tell you hey that's fine like we we need people that are you know that are going to go into this workforce and force and work and understanding that too that you're not a failure if you decide to go a different path I think I think that was parts of when I was in high school and having teachers tell you things like that and having teachers that were in my position now that they didn't start out as teachers they did something else in life and listening to their stories and listening to their backgrounds and listening to how college was for them it makes you sit back and think okay well it's okay that uh, my path is different than what your path is I think that was the biggest thing okay basing off of that right even as, like, 11th graders, we still have, like, stories from middle school mm-hmm. where we're, we cringe so hard. We're like, why did I say that? Why did I do that? Would you mind sharing with us one of your stories, if you can think of one where you're like, ugh, still haunts you to this day? No, oh, let's see. I think when I was sitting in my, oh, he will kill me if he hears it, um, in my so- uh, social studies class, and I knew my social studies teacher. It was in high school. I babysat his kids on the weekend, and which is a whole different time back then. We could leave school and go get breakfast, that thing, as long as he was there. My mom was the ISS and detention teacher, so you did not get in trouble in high school because she already knew about all of it. But I thought I was way cooler than life sitting in his class because you know I knew him personally and I was painting my fingernails I'll never forget it oh my god I was painting my fingernails and he looked at me he said are you ready for us to start class or do you want to continue your beauty shop well I didn't think about it because we had that conversation back and forth and that thing and I was like well I mean if you feel like you need to go ahead and teach us today then go ahead 
and I was like, oh my God, I done messed up really bad right there. And so I got this entire lecture of why I do not talk to him like that. And I was like, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to say that to you. But I mean, like, I probably wouldn't have done that now. I mean, I probably would as an adult do that still to him. But as a teenager, probably wouldn't just like knowing those boundaries. But, you know, teens, you just do stupid stuff that you weren't supposed to do. So. So we were, uh, have written some current event questions for you. Okay. This one goes off of something you said earlier about a uh, paycheck. Do you think teachers are underpaid? And what do you think is like 110%. A, re- a reasonable salary for the teachers? 110%. Um, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this one. Um, professional athletes should not make more than your teachers that teach your kids. I'm sorry. You are with them every day. And I think we pour our hearts and soul and most teachers do their heart and soul into teaching these kids. Um, we are very, very underpaid for what we have to do. A teacher takes on so many hats. You're not only a teacher, but you you counsel kids, you love on kids, you nurture kids, and you don't get, and a lot of times you don't get the recognition that you should. Um, a lot of our teachers, you know, we see them leaving this career path because their four-year degree can take them outside of teaching and they can make three times as much as what they're making now. But a lot of teachers won't because it's the passion that they have for these kids. And our country has that backwards. I, I mean, I'll fight that too. Now, we have that backwards. We have to pour into our children in order to do that. You need to pour into your education and you have to pour into our education system. And with that being said, if we made it more, say I'm getting on the soapbox. I told you you're going to get my soapbox. You have to make it more where we're making this pay more even and you would have more teachers in this career path. And you wouldn't have high number of kids in a classroom. You would be able to have more successful. These kids would be more successful in life. I wouldn't have 30 kids to one teacher. I mean, and, and it's sad. I mean, it, it, it's very sad because you do do a lot. And a lot of people don't see it. And then you get the flack of, well, you get your summers off. Really? <laughs> yeah, we do. But we're there all the time. I don't leave the school from where I teach. And I, know, and I understand that I choose to coach soccer and stuff like that. But that is another passion to be in with these kids and giving them love and support. I don't leave the school until it's like 5 o'clock. There's teachers that are still there at 5, 5.15. You take your work home with you. You take the burdens of your children home with you and because you care about them and you want them to be successful. So, yes, I do believe that we need to be paid more. So, I know, did you teach before COVID, or did you no, start teaching after? I taught after COVID. Okay. How do you, from your high school experience, seeing the teachers and seeing your mom work all that, how do you think COVID has affected teachers? Even with my kids, um, I think COVID, the COVID years, I think it's affected us all. Like, COVID years have affected us all. It's affected students. It affects you from your interaction with your teachers. It affects your interaction from your teachers with your kids. Um, I think a lot of teachers, um, they got burned out during during that time. I don't think that um, you can talk to some that they didn't feel like they were very, um, what did they like to call us, Um, essential. They didn't feel essential. They felt like they could be just thrown to the wayside. and I think teachers, I think COVID opened eyes to a lot of teachers and a lot of people that maybe this is not where they want to be, that changed their path. Um, showed them that life may be a little bit too short. But it is different. I mean, 
being able to interact with your peers and with your teacher, you need that. You need that social interaction. And I think it's affected everybody. All right. So I want to get, I want to kind of summarize, summarize everything here. You leave in high school. What was the, your intended path? I was going to be a radiologist. I was going to do radiology. All right. So we have a radiologist and then if we take out the when you stayed at home part, what was after radiology you thought? I was going to do um, a counseling for the um, vets. I wanted to work for the VA. And then you had this accounting, and now you're a math teacher. Yep. So of the four things, I can only make a connection between two of them, yep. accounting to math teacher. If you had to kind of pick, so if we take careers out of it, we take a job, what is it that you would find as the commonality between all four of those? Like, what is it about you that makes you interested in those four things? I think it was that I could help somebody. That is the biggest thing. In radiology, I was helping somebody figure out what was wrong with them. In counseling, I was helping somebody and helping families. Um, in accounting, you'll think it's crazy but you're helping people with their money it's i think it all goes back to that human service and knowing that that's what i was here for to help help somebody and influence somebody my whole path and i had a college professor if you can make a difference with one person one child one person then you've succeeded and so that that's a goal that's a goal to be that light to somebody that maybe that you can encourage them these guys have heard me say it before, but, you know, when you're looking at possible careers at their age, one of the things that I encourage them and everybody to do is to, to find out, yeah, I want to help people. Mm -hmm. I want to fix things, you know, pick a broad category and then start narrowing yep. it down within that, figure out what it is that you want to do. So, yeah, even though all four of those seemed very much, I was predicting you were getting ready to say you just wanted to help yep. people. Oh, yeah. So, um Overall, what is the best advice that you would give to a young person who's still trying to figure out what they want to do in life? The best advice. Oh, Lord. I think the best advice is to know that it's okay to change your mind. It is okay. And it is okay not, not to know exactly what you want to be. At this age, at 22, at 25, it's okay. It's okay not to know exactly what you want to do. I do think um, that you need to figure out what it is that you want to do. If it's, like you said, fixing things, then you go broad and then you start digging into, well, what can I do? If you have a passion for helping people, okay, well, look, well, you can counsel, you can teach, you can be a nurse, you can do anything in that path. Something that's going to help you meet that goal that you want. Set you a big goal and then start setting you little goals and digging into it. And, and never give up on a dream. If you want to be an astronaut, be an astronaut. I mean, you know, don't give up on it. And don't let anybody hold you back from something that you want to be. Because you can. And because the world needs people that want to make a difference. And you can be that difference. So don't give up on anything that you want to dream. Thank you to Miss Coffee for joining us today. Today's episode was recorded on April 6, 2023. This episode was produced by Annalee Hill and was hosted by Austin Shore. Axel Briannas and Reagan White also assisted in the production. 